Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a basic text study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our basic text, Narcotics Anonymous. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the basic text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We're going to have introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 23. We're going to begin on page 54 with what can I do, uh, but first we're going to go through some introductions. So, Phil, can you jump on in and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Phil uh, Mickens. I do. Um, um, meetings in the in the Pittsburgh uh, area and uh, my clean date is 4-19-1995. All right, cool. Donna? Hey everybody, my name is Donna. I'm an addict. I got clean on Thanksgiving Day 1985. I attend meetings on Zoom and in the Lane County area of Narcotics Anonymous, Eugene, Oregon. Thanks Donna. Brian? My name is Brian B, and uh, my my clean date is November 18th, 2019, and I attend meetings in southwestern Pennsylvania, part of the WE area of NA. Thanks, Brian. Jane? Jane A. here from Salem, Oregon, with clean date 12-22-79. All right, thanks, Jane. And our guest, Brooke? Hello, I am Brooke T., um, and let's see, my clean date is 6-16-97, and my home group is Just Can't Miss It in Mile High Area, Narcotics Anonymous in Denver, Colorado. All right, thanks, Brooke. And I'm an addict. Name's Douglas. I'm going to clean March 12th, 2000 in southwestern PA, and uh, I live in the Raleigh, North Carolina area um, now. So, all right, so welcome again to episode 23. Again, we're going to begin on page 54 with What Can I Do?, and Donna P. will facilitate the study. Um, take it away, Donna. Thanks, Douglas. I'm going to go ahead and get us started. What can I do? Begin your own program by taking step one from the previous chapter, how it works. When we fully concede to our innermost selves that we are powerless over our addiction, we have taken a big step in our recovery. Many of us have had some reservations at this point. So give yourself a break and be as thorough as possible from the start. Go on to step two and so forth. And as you go on, you will come to an understanding of the program for yourself. If you are in an institution of any kind and have stopped using for the present, you can with a clear mind try this way of life. Upon release, continue your daily program and contact a member of NA. Do this by mail, by phone or in person. Better yet, come to our meetings. Here you will find answers to some of the things that may be disturbing you now. If you're not an institution, the same holds true. Stop using for today. Most of us can do for eight or 12 hours what seems impossible for a longer period of time. If the obsession or compulsion becomes too great, put yourself on a five minute basis of not using. Minutes will grow to hours and hours to days so you will break the habit and gain some peace of mind. The real miracle happens when you realize that the need for drugs has in some way been lifted from you you have stopped using and started to live. 
And uh, so when I first heard of Narcotics Anonymous, I was in treatment. Um, I'd heard of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, uh, somebody had taken me to a meeting when I was 19 years old, thought maybe I had a problem. Uh, was in, and, um, uh, but I never heard of NA. And, um, and I managed from that treatment, time in treatment to not use for four or five months before I went back out. And in that time, I started hearing the literature of Narcotics Anonymous. I started learning some tricks about just not using for five minutes at a time. I was highly anxious and literally sometimes all I could do was breathe and not use. I used to crawl into my bathtub, water up to my chest, the door locked so the kids couldn't get in. And I figured as long as I was sitting in there with my hands underneath me in the water, the door locked, I couldn't get loaded. And, um, you know, when it talks about taking things five minutes at a time, that's really serious. I was just talking to somebody today online about they wanted to get loaded. If something didn't, different didn't happen for them, they were going to get loaded. And, um, and I said to them that, you know, I've been clean for a long time. And some of that time is just not using no matter what. So anybody else like to share on that? Phil and then Douglas. Well, that was uh, that was really good. Uh, I can't help but but not look how um, don't want to end it with the uh, the la the last uh, sentence sentence there. The uh, real miracle happens when we realize that the need for drugs has in some way been lifted from you. You have stopped using and have started up to live. Um, you know the literature does say. Um, our greatest spiritual awakening uh, is when when the obsession and compulsion uh, is uh, lifted from us. But now this is saying the uh, real miracle. I can remember when I I got here back in 1995. The members used to always say, "Don't leave um, five minutes before the miracle happens," and um, I always thought that was corny. Hearing that. I thought that was, it has a lot of merit today, but, but new in recovery, uh, I just thought that was the corniest thing uh, to say. And uh, uh, I love my, I love all my miracles today. That's all I got. Douglas. Thanks for that, Phil. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start with that last sentence. You know, you have stopped using and started to live. And, and when I got 12 step, that's what the dude told me. Um, and he flushed the last couple of pills I had uh, down the commode and he looked at me and said, now you can start to live. And, um, you know, and, uh, and he showed me how to do the deal. You know, he showed me what the program was and stuff. And, and so, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and, and when I'm fortunate enough, you know, to be able to 12 step folk, I say the same thing that was told to me, man, you know, I, that, that's what I tell them. It's like, look, you know, we're clean now we can start living. Um, so I wanted to make that comment. You know, I think that's really important for us to know and for the folks listening, look, if, you know, if you're new on this journey, um, it, it's going to be a little bit painful, maybe at first, you know, uncomfortable, you know, all this and all that stuff, but we're living now, you know, you, you just joined a, a, a group of folks who, who are living. And, um, I felt that I, I, I really felt that, you know, then I just trusted the man. It was something, it was something happened, you know, and it really, when I look at that, it was like my surrender piece. He didn't have to beat me half to death to flush it down the commode. It was like I was done. I was kind of relieved, actually. 
you know, when he, when he kind of did that for me, but, but Hey folks, I have a question here and, um, I've been thinking about this all week, you know, leading up to leading up to our study tonight. So, um, the, the, the first sentence really, really messes with me, right? It reads, begin, um, your own program by taking step one, you know, this and that. And, um, I've been reflecting on it, man. And I'm saying, okay, well, we'll, you know, begin your own program. And I think, I think it's dangerous for me if I take this out of context. Um, it's just, you know, I, I view it as like, there's one program. It's, it's the program, you know, it's the NA program. Um, like it's my process, you know, it's my, it's my experience. It's my journey. Um, you know, but I think I'm in trouble if I take this out of context, you know, and say, Hey, look, you know, cause if it's my program, right. If it's my program, then I can kind of rewrite, you know, the steps, right. I can kind of rewrite, you know, things to match me and what we'll read later on, you know, in the chapter is like, hold on, I have to, I have to fit my life into NA. I don't fit NA into my life, you know? And, and so I'm just excited, you know, looking forward to if, if you folks have any experience with that, or, or maybe some folks who are listening, you know, are struggling with that sentence too. I know I sure am, you know, um, to begin your own program sentence really throws me off. So I'm going to go ahead and pass with that. Go ahead, Brooke. Okay. Um, yeah, so I that first sentence, really, begin your own program by taking step one. Um, I just kind of take it as with the other line that says, um, come to an understanding of the program for yourself. Like, I'm not going to stay clean if Jane works the steps. You know, um, that's, that's how that is. Like, I, I need my own program um as far as like what I do what do I do every day kind of thing and um to stay clean and that's it like because I I am an individual and so there are things that are going to work for me um but I but if you're new you do I I've done it all like and if somebody in you know if my sponsor suggests something or something um you know I try it before I knock it that's it um with with a lot of this stuff and um yeah, and I just, I continue to be well, willing, but yes, I don't, the steps are written the way they are for a reason. I don't cross out, I don't even cross out, like some people leave off the hymn when they're referring to God and all that stuff. I don't even mess with that kind of stuff. It's just like, that. the steps are the steps. So anyway, that's odd enough out of me. Thanks. Anyone else? Paul? Hi, Paul. Hey, I'm Paul. I'm an addict. I was late. So uh, my clean date is the uh, 6th of January, 1995. I'm in New Orleans. And right now I'm in Pensacola. I was running late because a sponsee of mine celebrated 12 years tonight. So a big shout out to Joey F. in Pensacola for celebrating 12 years. Um, yeah, I, I, I get if I want to if I want to change the line, begin your own program with your sponsor by taking step one. Because we've heard, look, there's people doing it out of the workbook. There's people doing it out of uh, uh, mimeograph sheets. Oh, that's, I'm old. That was like uh, phone booths. Mimeograph sheets, uh, you know, that, that went around the fellowship that were purple looking when I first got here. Um, so, you know, that's the thing is that there's all kinds of 
processes. I think you're right, Douglas, that it, it, the process is different from it. The program's the same. The intent is the same. The honesty that is required in the first step is the same. That doesn't change. Get honest with, with your sponsor. Get honest. However you do that, because, you know, we we will complicate the shit out of anything. That's why this is probably my favorite chapter because it's six pages, six pages. It is how to do this program in six pages. If you know, if you can't read 10 chapters, God help you. But if you can't read 10 chapters, you can read six pages. And, you know, if I, you know, speaking of copying stuff, um, when I go into, um, you know, treatment facilities or prisons and stuff, this is the six pages. It's actually three pages when you copy it. This is the three pages that you need to walk in with because this tells you. This tells you. This is the this is the quick start manual how to do it, and um, and so that's. That's why I love this. And, and let's not get lost in the process. Let's put the principle before the personality. The principle is get honest, get open-minded, get willing, however that looks for you. Thanks. Uh, Brian, would you read the next two paragraphs and comment? Sure. The first step to recovery is to stop using. We cannot expect the program to work for us if our minds and bodies are still clouded by drugs. We can do this anywhere, even in prison or an institution. We can do it any way we can, cold turkey or in a detox, just as long as we get clean. Developing the concept of God as we understood him is a project that we can undertake. We can also use the steps to improve our attitudes. Our best thinking got us into trouble. We recognize the need for change. Our disease involved much more than just using drugs. So our recovery must involve much more than simple abstinence. Recovery is an active change in our ideas and attitudes. And how I can really relate to that is like when I first got clean, um, you know, I, I wanted I wanted this program for me, you know, to be to be more about just not using. And and the way that I've been able to obtain that peace of mind about in the last last couple paragraphs there was like through working the steps and, and and thank god that like god put a sponsor in my life that that has worked the steps and and introduced me on how to work them because you know i it's one thing to like to read the steps off the wall but it's another thing to work them and like uh i never worked the steps before when i tried to get clean but this time around like i felt that it was it was definitely necessary in order for me to to get clean and stay clean and, um, you know, I got, I first got introduced to NA whenever I was in jail. And I remember those guys coming in and, and I was, I was hearing them, but I, I really wasn't listening. And uh, the first thing that I did when, when those doors opened was, was go and get loaded, you know, and uh, this time around, I, I was just so, so, uh, so tired of the way that I was feeling, you know, and the, and the things that people were saying about me, you know, just certain people called me a hot mess. And, you know, that really like, that struck me deep down in my soul. Like, I don't feel like I'm a hot mess, you know, but when I was using, I was, but today I feel like 
a mess that that has been cleaned up and you know now it's like my obligation to to take what i've learned and pour it into someone else and um i'm starting to see that you know my disease does involve more than just using drugs like now that i've stopped using drugs like the the lower power is coming at me in different ways you know and i have to be on guard every day to like combat that and, and the way that i do is by working the first three steps on a daily basis and like my life has changed and my ideas and attitudes have changed and like i'm living that free life today and i wouldn't change it for anything so i'll pass with that thank you brian anyone else brooke i just want to point out one of my favorite lines in the basic text which is recovery is an active change in our ideas and attitudes like there, there are a few lines in this book that I just remember. And, and that one has worked for me time and time again. Like, you don't need to overthink it. I don't need to like, what is, is this recovery? Is this not, you know, is this my will, whatever. It's like, am I actively changing my attitudes and ideas about whatever it is that's causing me pain today? Thanks. Thanks, Brooke. Paul? Yeah, I, the, um, I, I really like what Brooke said there. I mean, that's, that is a line that stands out. The other one that uh, caught me. Um, so what you hear in meetings, we have suggestions. There's no musts in NA. Well, you know, we get that wrong because it says right here. So our, our disease involves much more than just using drugs. So our recovery must, not may, must involve much more than simple abstinence. Now look, some days simple abstinence is the low bar that I have jumped over and God love me, you know what I mean? I did not get high today and I left a, uh, a whole wake of destruction in my path, you know? Some days that's just gonna be good enough. But if that's the way my life is in perpetuity, then I have missed the boat here. I really have. If, if just not using is good enough for extended period of time, I think that I will probably go back to using, which is what happened. Um, I tried to stay clean on conventions and uh, cookouts and parties and Shoney's and Waffle House. And um, you, can, you can stay clean for a good long while on the fellowship alone. But this thing is about a program and having some kind of program to go along with that. Fellowship is great. I need a fellowship to, to connect with. I need people in my life. I need somebody to show me how to do this. But if I'm just um, not using, I, I, you know, I've missed it. I've missed it. So um, press on, Paul, press on. Thanks. Thank you. Jane, will you read the next paragraph and comment, please? Sure. Jane, I'm an addict. The ability to face problems is necessary to stay clean. If we had problems in the past, it is unlikely that simple abstinence will solve these problems. Guilt and worry can keep us from living in the here and now. Denial of our disease and other reservations keep us sick. Many of us feel that we cannot possibly have a happy life without drugs. We suffer from fear and insanity and feel that there's no escape from using. We may fear rejection from our friends if we get clean. These feelings are common to the addict seeking recovery. 
we could be suffering from an overly sensitive ego. Some of the most common excuses for using are loneliness, self-pity, and fear. Dishonesty, closed-mindedness, and unwillingness are three of our greatest enemies. Self-obsession is the core of our disease. Wow. I remember a, a, a lady with that deep smoker voice um, sitting in the back of the room and you could hear her all the way to the front of the room because she was really loud and boisterous with a big old laugh you could hear anywhere in the room. And she would uh, say fear, uh, F everything and run. And in recovery, it's face everything and recover. And I've always remembered that through the years because I was just a barrel full of fear when I got here. I was so afraid this wasn't going to work for me. I was so afraid it would work for you and it was not going to work for me. Oh, no. um, and I wanted a new way of life right from the very beginning. I wanted a new way of life. Um, I too would sometimes sit in a hot bathtub with my hands under me, just holding still thinking like, you know, I can't, I can't use if I'm in here. I am so scared of doing this life thing. And, um, and didn't know how and thank God for the people around me that, that picked me up and put me right into service work and put me right into the steps and, uh, and didn't fart around about it at all. Um, and I don't know that I, if I hadn't had people telling me all the time about fear and dishonesty, you must be honest, you must be honest, be honest, no secrets, no secrets, um, who knows? But I, and God knew exactly what I needed in order to stay clean and to have a different way of life. And I'm forever grateful for that uh, with the honesty. Out. Thanks, Jane. You know, one of the things I was thinking when you were reading that was um, when I got, after I got clean, there was, I realized that I had a whole lot of living problems, right? And my misery and the misery around using was at least familiar right? That old chaos was at least chaos. I knew what to do something about that. So these new living problems, these new problems dealing with life on life's terms without getting loaded, I had no idea how to do those things, right? So um, uh, when I start, when I talk about like the spiritual principles being the guides in my life, it's like, just had to focus on being honest, being open-minded, being willing, just those three things, right? And that I was still going to have fear and I was still going to have denial and I was still going to have anger and pain and, you know, and despair and all of that, but that I didn't have to get loaded, even though I was feeling those things. And um, at some point, I'm sure we'll get around to it at some point, but at some point I became convinced that there was nothing going on in my life that getting loaded couldn't make worse, right? Does anybody else want to share on this? Paul, then Brooke, and then Phil? Uh, I just, there's one sentence um, that we may fear rejection from our friends if we get clean. And, and it's not really a rejection. It is the lack of common interest. You know, I had a lot of acquaintances and, and friends, I should say, uh, who, who our common interest was getting high. And when that's taken away, there's kind of nothing else to talk about. You know, it's sort of like when people leave the fellowship 
and don't come to meetings anymore. And they go, why, why aren't we hanging out? Because our common interest was staying clean. It's not that I don't love you anymore, but you're not staying clean. It's not, I, and, and you know, I think, you know, when you first get clean, you're kind of afraid that you'll be sucked out the door, like, you know, like a, out of an airplane when the pressure thing, you get sucked out by somebody. But after you stay clean a while, you kind of come into your own and say, hmm, okay, that's not how this works. But you get afraid of somebody and you feel like you're going to get sucked out. But what we don't talk about is, is when you stay clean, a whole bunch of people come back into your life. I have a friend who I've known since the fourth grade and I'm 60 years old. So that's a long fucking time. So he loved me through all of it, but he couldn't hang out with me. He couldn't, he couldn't. He couldn't hang out shooting dope with me. He doesn't do that. And when I was crazy in my addiction, he still loved me, but he loved me from afar. And now that I don't get high anymore and haven't for a long time, he's my, he's my oldest friend and old being the operative word. We, you know, we, we've grown up together and I got that back because of Narcotics Anonymous. So, if you're new and you're afraid, oh, I'm gonna be alone. Because here's the other thing. When I first got clean, getting clean meant I went to my parents' house, I stole their money, I ate all their food, I slept for three days, then I headed back to the French Quarter to shoot dope. So getting clean didn't sound that enticing, right? But it is, because it's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. Thanks. Yeah, so, um, gosh, I feel like I have the exact opposite of Paul. Um, I'm completely, I'm really antisocial, and it didn't get better when I got clean. Um, so, like, this chapter, like, I actually have, I feel like I have an actual relationship with this chapter. Um, and uh, honestly, if somebody called me up and, and they said, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use, and I only have time to read one chapter out of the basic text, what would it be? And I'd be this. And if they only had one paragraph, it would be this paragraph. I can remember being totally stressed out about like, you know, I was in pain or confused or whatever, especially that first year. Like I couldn't even call anybody to really tell them what was going on. I was just like, it was all just so overwhelming. Um, and I can remember reading this chapter. And by the time I got through this paragraph, like I'd pretty much figured out it was one of these things listed in here. You know, um, and and I, I mean, and that's the stuff. It's like, am I having a problem? I'm gonna have to learn how to deal with that. If I'm gonna stay clean, I'm gonna have to face problems. They don't go poof just because I decided not to get loaded anymore. You know, and uh, I'm still suffering from an overly sensitive ego. You know, I mean, the only difference is, is I'm not gonna get loaded over it today. Um, so yeah, there's just, this is an amazing paragraph and, and that's what I would like anybody to say is if, if you're struggling, um, if you're not really sure, if life seems to be too overwhelming, this chapter is fantastic. So, Thank you, Bill. Bill? I feel, so, sorry about that. Wow. Um, uh, good stuff. Um, couple things uh, caught me. Uh, 
denial of our disease and other reservations keep us sick. I thought I thought that was a really heavy, but I really like the um, the part where it says uh, dishonesty, closed-mindedness, and willingness are three of our greatest enemies. Okay, I know um, intolerance and indifference towards any of our spiritual principles. We've now flipped them, and. Um, uh, the, the thing about um, the dishonesty, closed-mindedness uh, closed and willingness, you know, the literature does talk about, about when they're flipped, honesty, open-mindedness and willingness, we're well on our way in recovery. But um, I don't know why I'm just now seeing this uh, greatest uh, enemy now, you know, which is intolerance and indifference. We don't, we don't flip them. You know, we're now working the negative and then then how it ends. Self obsession is the core of our disease. That's all I got. Thanks, Phil. Douglas. Yeah, I'll just make a couple comments here about this. And Brooke, I like how you pointed that out, you know, it, it, and I'm glad that it reads we could be suffering from an overly sensitive ego. Imagine how how hurt we would be if it said you asses really are suffering from it. Yeah, you are right now. You're suffering from that. So, so that's a good point. Um, but, you know, lo lo looking at that end, you know, self-obsession is the core of our disease. If we match that with the spiritual part, right, the spiritual hit that we take is our total self-centeredness. All right. So if we marry those two and then we go on to say this um, on page 15, why are we here? It says personality change is what we really needed. So if we marry that, Recovery is an active change in our ideas and, and our attitudes. I really appreciate how, how you know, it, at the beginning, it, at the start of the 12-step of, of the movement, right, you know, medical professionals were just really, really just saying, hey, look, um, it's beyond our capacity. Try behavioral therapy. Try cognitive therapy. Try, we've tried it. You know, we're, we're, we're not doing it. What's really needed is a spiritual experience and whatever the lingo is, man, whatever the lingo is, when I, when, when I'm reading about a change of my person, a change of my person, my ideas, my thoughts, my attitudes, man, that's a spiritual awakening. You know, it's a spiritual experience sufficient enough to keep me from getting high a day to time. And, um, and I'll end with this comment, man, this is so cool. It's like, uh, so then it goes back. So we just walk it up the ladder <clears throat> developing the concept of God as we understand him is a project that we can undertake. I think that's pretty neat because we look at the, and I just pulled up the definition of develop. I was like, all right, well, look, let, let's lay the baseline down then. One could be to grow or cause to grow, right? Become more mature. We already know that if we're starting with this understanding of God, what if we don't have that? The other one is start to exist, experience or possess so if I'm starting from, from zero, I can start that. And it's a project that I can undertake because the end result is, is this active change in my ideas and my attitudes. That personality changes what we needed. I think that's cool, man. I think how, how, how it all flo you know, flows together for me to, to, to live out this freedom. So I'll go ahead and pass. Thanks, Douglas. Brian? Yeah, I was really relating to the line where it talked about, uh, let's see, 
many of us feel that we cannot possibly have a happy life without drugs. And I was, I was thinking like, I don't know how happy my life was with drugs. You know what I mean? Like all the consequences that came along with it, you know, like the fear, the fear of always running out, um, the fear of, um, you know, how am I going to get caught this time? Uh, the fear of uh, maybe the police coming into my house and what they're going to find, you know, not even having the, the peace of mind to take a ride down the street without having a Uber. And, um, you know, like if there's anyone listening that's just getting clean, you know, listening to the podcast, like give yourself a chance, you know, put a, put a few days, a few months together and uh, just just let the program work for you. And, and you'll see that you can be happy. Like I'm a, I'm a testimony to that. Like I've been clean for 15 months now and like I've had so many awesome times clean, you know, that uh, whether it be like an NA uh, like function, a picnic, uh, just hanging out with people in the fellowship, you know, my sponsors, sponsee brothers, and, uh, you know, just, just carrying the message to other people uh, is what really makes me happy. Like for the first time in my life, you know, I feel like I've, I have a purpose and, and that's to take what's been, what's been given to me and pass it on. And uh, whenever someone new comes in and, and you see the look on their face and then you, you talk to them and you finally get that little bit of agreement with them, like, hey, I understand like what, what you're talking about here and they can relate to you. Like that's a feeling that can't be like duplicated by anything I've experienced in my life. And like I've used, you've dr used drugs all my life. And uh, it wasn't until I started doing these things that like counteract being our greatest enemy, like being honest, being open-minded to what people had to say and finally being willing you know, to do the things that are uncomfortable, you know, the, the outcome has been that happiness. And, uh, you know, I try to cling to it a day at a time. So thanks. Thanks, Brian. Hey, Phil, you want to read the next paragraph and comment for us? Can't hear you, Hen. Here we go. You guys hear me now? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, here we, here we go. Um, we have learned the old ideas and old ways won't help us to stay clean or to live a better life. If we allow ourselves to stagnate and cling to terminally hip and fatally cool, we are giving into the symptom of our disease. One of the problems is that we found it easier to change our perspective to reality than to change reality. We must give up this old concept and face the fact that reality and life go on, whether we choose to accept them or not. We can only change the way we react and the way we see ourselves. This is necessary for us to accept that change is gradual and recovery is an ongoing process. A meeting a day for at least the first 90 days of recovery is a good idea. There is a special feeling for addicts when they discover that there are other addicts who share their difficulties, past and present. At first, we can do little more than attend meetings. Probably we cannot remember a single word, person, or thought 
from our first meeting. In time, we can relax and enjoy the atmosphere of recovery. Meetings strengthen our recovery. We may be scared at first because we don't know any, anyone. Some of us think that we don't need meetings. However, when we hurt, we go to meetings and find, find relief. Meetings keep us in touch with where we've been and more importantly, with where we could be going in our recovery. As we go to meetings regularly, we learn the value of talking with other addicts who share our problems and goals. We have to open up and accept the love and understanding that we need in order to change. When we become acquainted with the fellowship, and its principles, we begin to put them into action. We start to grow. We apply effort to our most obvious problems and let go of the rest. We do the job at hand. And as we progress, new opportunities for improvement present themselves. Wow, that was a lot. Um, lot a lot, lot of good stuff. Um, um, I did like the uh, terminally hip, uh, fatally cool, and um, and uh, I I was one of the members too. Getting here too, you know, uh, not not drugging, drinking. Uh, uh, how am I? How am I ever going to be cool? How am I? How am I going going to uh, uh, have fun? Uh, this and that, and uh whatever, whatever, whatever I, I, I had thought, you know, um, I, I know terminally hip, fairly cool, almost got me dead. Um, I do, I do like that must I see there again, uh, we must give up the old concept and face the fact that reality and life go on, whether we choose to accept them or not. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, Living, um, living uh, in recovery and 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 living um, uh, with without drugs, um, um, all all kind of good stuff in there. But that's all. That's all I'm I'm going to say. Thanks, Bill. You know, one of the things that uh, were the terminal hipness and fatally cool stuff. I mean, it just sounds so old-fashioned right but what it says before that is that we cling we cling to it right. And I know people who have clung to that need for looking good and uh, projecting, you know, uh, being, having things together and, you know, showing up and having the image and the person on your arm and the car and the money stuff, you know, and honestly, unless they have some kind of a spiritual awakening, they don't make it because that stuff is not, it's not real. And what we're trying to do here is get real. Um, the other thing I really, I like uh, the last uh, uh, couple sentences he read uh, there about um, applying effort to our most obvious problems and letting go of the rest, because my problems were overwhelming when I got clean. There was way too much going on to try to imagine fixing all of it, including my children being wards of the state, right? 24 years old and my children didn't live with me and divorced and homeless and, you know, and jobless and penniless, you know, it was all too much. 
right? And so I just could only focus on the problems at hand and do my very best to let go of the rest because I had to, to, to learn to trust that it was going to get better. Then the other, the other thing I think is really great is it says, uh, as we progress, new opportunities for improvement present themselves. That is, those are big problems. Those opportunities are huge. <laughs> they are not fun, but they're good because we learn how to solve problems, deal with problems, deal with life without the use of drugs. Does anybody else want to share on that, Paul? Meetings, 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 meetings. And I need to remember that because what will happen with old timers is they'll show up once a year to pick up a medallion. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, you know, I, I appreciate on just on this meeting right here, the people who have more clean time and are actively involved, actively involved. And I, my home group has people with 30 and 40 years clean, actively, they come every week, they are involved. So it shows me that if I wanna stay clean, if I wanna still deal with my stuff, if I still wanna have my overly active ego in check, I have to attend meetings. And I don't have to, I get to. You know what I mean? That it, it does change. It's not, oh, it, it's not, oh, I have to go to that meeting. It's like, oh, I get to go see my friends. I get to go see somebody who's gonna walk in for the first time. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna hear somebody out of the mouths of babes will be somebody who will tell me about myself tonight in their first or second meeting. And I'll go, oh shit, he's right. So that's, you know, that's why I gotta go. I gotta show up because my higher power reveals what I need to know generally in those places. It's not a burning bush. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a newcomer who says something. It's an old hat timer who tells me something. It's me watching somebody make coffee. It's me getting up and, and helping pick up the chairs to help my overly inflated ego. So that's the, that's the basis. Start with the meeting. Thanks. Thank you. Brooke, would you read the next two? Oh, I'm sorry, Jane, go ahead. I just wanted to say that I, I um, some, sometimes when I see the gals come in and you know it, they've spent two hours getting ready for the meeting and stuff, I, I kind of have to smile a little bit because that's just exactly how I did it. My insides were torn apart and dead, but uh, boy, I look good on the outside. And I remember some of the first meetings I went to where I, uh, uh, we were taking the message into the Oregon State Hospital uh, psych ward for the criminally insane um, prisoners from the, uh, the, the state penitentiary would serve their time there. And I would spend hours getting ready to go in there and pass the message on. You know, <laughs> here's the thing. My motive sucked. I got to tell you that my motive sucked, but I was in a meeting. I was in a meeting and we were reading and we were talking about trying to do a different way of living. And somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, I decided to spend less time trying to look, make the outside look good and more time getting the inside looking good. But I came in here and made every mistake there is to make every one of them. And I had a gracious God that just carried me through because I was willing to listen. 
I was willing to go to the meetings over and over and over again. And um, I'd still take the message in, but not to the male institutions. I don't Thanks, Jane. Got to be careful about where we're looking for our dates, huh? Well, I picked my first sponsor because he was cute in a Coast Guard uniform. He, he pick somebody who has what has what you want. That's what y'all said. He <laughs> had what I wanted, and you know what? It doesn't matter. I still stay clean. It. You know what I mean? That's it. it this works. In, this work. Our higher power is loving and caring. You know what I mean? It works in spite of us. Thank God. Thanks, Paul. Douglas? Yeah, that's really good. I, I was thinking, you know, just a quick comment. I'm glad that I'm not as sick as you folk. You know, that's how that's, <laughs> I'm just really glad that I'm, that I'm doing so well. And, uh, no, you know, it, it, the, the one thing I want to speak to Paul's point, you know, too, about this is, is um, uh, you know, folks listening, there's, there's seven people in the tiles here you know, and we keep the video on, we only publish the audio on the podcast, but, but we can see each other. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at these seven, you know, myself included in here and, um, and, and, and five are clean a lot longer than me, you know, and, and, um, uh, I'm coming up on a, uh, you know, March 12th would be my, be 21 cakes and, and Paul, you're, you're speaking to exactly that point, man, of like, it gives me so much hope and just so much security and that I'm walking this out a day at a time. And I'm not at the head of it. I, I'm at the head of it, man. Fuck it. You see, you know what I mean? And and I and I can and, and it and it just like we continue doing it. You folks aren't the ones who who are coming once a year. You know what I'm saying? And, and um and 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 I'm not either. I'm not either. And I don't want you folks to ever get to to, to where I'm coming, you know, that it's it's that once a year pit stop. Cause I d I don't want to be that once a year pit stop. You know, so, so really from my heart, man, I, I, you know, I don't think I tell you folks, you know, that enough. And, and look, the comment about the chapter, you know, or the paragraph is, is look, check this out. Um, we read earlier a few chapters back, recovery is what happens in our meetings. Now we, we read this meeting strength in our recovery. And uh, so, so, and then a meeting a day for at least, right. Let's underline at least. That doesn't mean like, look, if you hit your 90 and 90, say, you know, what the hell with it? I'm going to do 90 off now you know, take three months off at least. And, and in Southwestern PA, you know, where I got clean and, and where Brian is now and, you know, around the area where Phil is, um, it, it, it was just real strict. Like all us new guys knew it's like, hey, we, we do a meeting a day for the first year. You know, we call our sponsor every day for the first year. And I have the guys that I work with, you know, hit that up. And you know what it did for me? Um, uh, it allowed me to do something consistent. And it was probably the first couple of things I was doing consistently other than finding ways and means, you know, to get more. It allowed me to say something, man, I, I know that I'm calling my sponsor. I know I'm calling my guys. I know I'm going to a meeting. I, that, that's what I'm doing each day, you know, so I'll go ahead and pass with that. Thanks. Okay, Brooke, will you read the next couple of paragraphs and comment, please? Um, our new friends in the fellowship will help us. Our common effort is recovery. Clean, we face the world together. We no longer have to feel backed into a corner at the mercy of events and circumstances. It makes a difference to have friends who care if we hurt. Find our place in the fellowship and we join a group whose meetings help us in our recovery. We've been untrustworthy for so long that most of our friends and families will doubt our recovery. They think it won't last. We need people who understand our disease and the recovery process. 
At meetings, we can share with other addicts, ask questions, and learn about our disease. We learn new ways to live. We are no longer limited to our old ideas. Gradually, we, we replace old habits with new ways of living. We become willing to change. We go to meetings regularly, get and use telephone numbers, read literature, and most importantly, we don't use. We learn to share with others. If we don't tell someone we are hurting, they will seldom see it. When we reach out for help, we can receive it. So first thing I wanna say um, is if you're an old timer and you're only showing up once a year to pick up your medallion, find me in a meeting, I will hug you and congratulate you. I'm glad you're there. Um, <laughs> but we do have a phrase called stealing your recovery. <laughs> so aside from that, it's like giving it back. But um, make no mistake, come to the meeting. I am happy to see you. Um, and then with this one, again, I it's very hard for me to make friends. Um, I think that the best way to even describe it was like, especially when I first got clean, I hadn't been in a room full of five people in a long time, <laughs> much less 20 or 30, you know? Um, so it was very overwhelming and people would invite me even out to coffee. And the bottom line is I went, even if I stayed for 15 minutes, I went. Um, and uh, and that's why, you know, I got invited to potlucks. God, no, I, don't, I don't know what to cook. I was sure everybody would hate it, but I went, you know? And, uh, and that's the kind of stuff, cause I, I knew that I was not gonna be able to do this alone. Um, and, and it's true, like, I can remember just like um, the crazy weird stuff. Like the first time, this is, there are two things. The first time my family came to town, I was like, oh my God, my family's in town. And everybody was like, call me. <laughs> you know? and, and I didn't even have to say, I hate, you know, it's not even that I hate them. It's just like, oh my God, my family. And, and everybody's like, what? And um, the other one was, <laughs> I had a few years clean and this, lovely gentleman had left flowers for me at my door. <laughs> and that was the absolute first time that it ever happened. And I had someone to call and I just told her, I was like, John left me flowers. And she's like, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so like, those are the stories that, that are like, you know, you are my people. <laughs> and when we go to meetings, that's how we, that's the best way right now to find our people for sure. Um, I mean, I think now maybe you could go on like Facebook or a special website and find recovery people and stuff like that. But you really wanna know how someone's living their life. You really wanna know um, who's practicing stuff, who's welcoming, you know, who has what you want as been, has been mentioned before. And the truth is, is, is I can, I find that stuff out by going to a meeting and going to the meeting after the meeting um, and that kind of stuff. The other great place to find that is service, of course. And the last line I'm gonna talk about is this one is shocking for me. If we don't tell someone we are hurting, they will seldom see it. The fellowship's awesome, but they're not psychic. And that was amazing to me. I was like, can't you? Cause when I'm in pain, like I feel like it's vibrating off my body. Um, but really I had a poker face when I got here too. Like I had to, and most people do like never let them see you blink much less sweat. Um, and so I really had to practice, be like, 
I'm in some pain about this, you know? And the first time I did, it was terrifying because people were like, um, and now people make fun of me because they're just like, oh yeah, you look exactly like you did five minutes ago, you know? <laughs> but, and that's kind of what I have to do. I'll be like, I'm so happy about that. And I'm excited and I'm, I'm really sad. Or, you know, I mean, like sometimes I literally have to voice how I feel so people know what's going on. So that is enough out of me, thank you. Thank you. Paul, you want to read the next couple paragraphs and comment? Absolutely. Um, another tool for the newcomer is involvement with the fellowship. As we become involved, we learn to keep the program first and take it easy in other matters. We begin by asking for help and trying out the recommendations of people at the meetings. It is beneficial to allow others in the group to help us. In time, we will be able to pass on what we have been given. We learn that service to others will get us out of ourselves. Our work can begin with simple actions, emptying ashtrays, making coffee, cleaning up, setting up for a meeting, opening the door, chairing a meeting, and passing out literature. Doing these things helps us feel to be a part of the fellowship. We have found it is helpful to have a sponsor and to use this sponsor. Sponsorship is a two-way street. It helps both the, both the newcomer and the sponsor. The sponsor's clean time and experience may well depend on the availability of sponsors in a locality. Sponsorship for newcomers is also the responsibility of the group. It is implied and informal in its approach, but it is the heart of the NA way of recovery from addiction, one addict helping another. So um, I, I, lo I love what Brooke said about, you know, doing it even when it's uncomfortable because it's good. Let's all just say, if you're new, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be messy and uncomfortable. Like I have a, a sometimes I'll make my uh, sponsees write a page from the, from the basic text with their non-dominant hand. And I said, this is what recovery will look like. It will be messy and it will feel weird. And if you wait for it to feel comfortable to do it, you'll still will be waiting. And this gets back, you know, I heard it on a TED talk today. I, I think Ted, the TED talks are stealing our, our stuff and maybe we should copyright it, but you, you can't think your way into right action, but you can act your way into right thinking. And so put the action first, go to the meeting. I don't want to go to the meeting anyway. I don't feel comfortable at the meeting, go to the meeting. Doesn't matter, you, you, the, the head, the thought process will follow. Do the thing, do the thing. Don't sit there thinking about it till you think you can do it. It's sort of like, don't pick up, but I want to. Well, don't. It's not like some kind of magic hocus pocus. It's, it's just like, we don't worry about what our head's telling us. We do the action. The other thing is sponsorship. You cannot do this program without a sponsor. If you could have gotten clean and stayed clean by yourself, you would have done it. I knew there was a problem long before I came to Narcotics Anonymous. When blood was running down my 
arms, I knew there was a problem. When my mother was bringing ice to put on my abscesses on my arms, there was something wrong. When I'm stealing money out of my grandmother's purse to get drugs, there's something wrong. I'm not stupid, but I couldn't stop. I couldn't do anything about it. And so this idea that I'll figure it out is just never going to work. I need somebody to help. And that's not a sign of weakness. I tell that to my staff at work. I will take the employee who says, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me with this? Over the person who goes down in flames, never asking for help any day, any day. So it's not a weakness, ask for help. We're, we're all here and we're all asking for help all the time. You're not the only one doing it if you're new. Everybody in that meeting has asked somebody to help them. That's why they're still there. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. I'm wondering if you guys want to speak to what do you think it means when it says that it's the responsibility of the group to sponsor the newcomer as well? I know for myself that um, I didn't have a sponsor for a long time. I tried a few times, I'd asked a few people and it just hadn't worked. I asked a few men and they said, oh, hell no. And uh, I'd asked some women. And so the group really sponsored me. And at some point uh, I hadn't been clean very long and someone said, I can't be the secretary of this meeting anymore. And I think Donna should be the secretary of this meeting now. And this group gave me this responsibility to show up and to have the keys and to keep the key tags and to and show up and open up the meeting every week and and they talked to me about recovery and they talked to me about themselves working the steps and what was going on in their lives and um um you know our sponsors can't do it all it is the responsibility of the group in my opinion to show you know the wide variety of op opportunities there are for getting and staying clean as well um, anybody else, Douglas? Yeah, I kind of look at that sentence as saying, you know, maybe finding finding the newcomer a sponsor, you know, could fall at the responsibility of the group. And and, and I, I see that sometimes when a group will say, hey, you know, if you're willing to sponsor, raise your hand, you know, folks, if you need a sponsor, kind of look around. And, and what I try to do is um, I'll go up if I if I if I know someone's new to the, to the home group or something like this, you know, I have a small home group, so it's kind of easy to see if someone hasn't you know, is, isn't there um, often, I'll go up and talk to them. If they don't have a sponsor, what I'll, what I'll do is I'll say, hey, look, you know, call me, stay accountable to me until you meet somebody, you know, whether it's me or somebody else. But but that way you, you know, you're starting on the journey, you're staying accountable to somebody, you're kind of, and, and sometimes that's that piece that, that allows them to be tethered in to hit the meeting up the next day to meet somebody they, you know, they job with and, um Maybe they, they, they like how they look in the Coast Guard uniform, you know, whatever, whatever that's going to push them to, you know, um, but to get that sponsor. So that's how I read that, Don. It's, it's kind of like, you know, we can at the group level kind of say, all right, look, we're guiding you to to work with another addict. So I'll pass with that one. I think uh, the old groups that used to assign you a sponsor, it's like, okay, you're coming in, like, you, this is your sponsor now. You're going to call him every day for, you know, the next 90 days, whatever. Anybody else want to share to that? We're going to wrap it up soon. So then Brooke and then Paul. So, um, yeah, for me, like, I'm just going to talk about what's going on for me now. When I first moved to Colorado, I had a sponsor. She just happened to be 1,500 miles away. And as fabulous as she is, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
I found the home group that pushed me to do the stuff that I'm supposed to do. Um, and cause I'm not new, you know, and I know and stuff, but they were like, so, um, you know, and I still have people who are like, um, when I started, I started doing 90 and 90 back in November, I'm sure it's just a meeting a day or whatever. And, and they were like, so awesome to see you in other meetings, Brooke. Um, and then, or like after the meeting, someone would be like, so have you found a new home? Have you found a home group yet? You know, I mean, that kind of stuff where it's just like, we, we know the stuff that works and we're just checking to see if you're doing it, you know? And that's, that's really kind of, it was really helpful, especially because um, I did have some time and, and, and it's easy for people to think that we know what we're doing, but I was in a new place and, and I needed to start over and it was, it was very, very helpful. So that's what I felt like when, uh, when I felt about, when you said home groups, uh, the group responsibility for finding a sponsor. Right. We need to let each other know that we see each other. So I see you guys, right? I love you and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so with. Tune in next time as we'll pick up where we left off. We'll chunk these in hour-long sessions. Namaste and God bless.